The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Let's go to the phone, the Irish Network's hotline, 90 days no payment for business internet. Let's get to Russ VFL. Russ VFL, good morning. Good morning. How's it going, you guys? Man, great. How are you? I am hanging in there. Another day, another dollar, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so first-time caller, long-time listener. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely love the work you guys do. Uh, I was going to make two quick comments and have one question to leave you guys with. The first comment was just going to be about how awesome of a show you guys have. Really love uh, your work, Swain, and your work, Ben. Love all the different platforms you guys are getting in on now. And, and this year in particular has been extremely exciting to see how you guys are really expanding the portfolio. So I don't have just this show because three hours a day, to be completely honest, is just not enough for me. <laughs> so being able to listen to whether it's the, uh, the show that you guys do on Tuesday nights, uh, Tennessee Prime or if it's uh, other things that you have coming down the pipe, uh, the, the Tennessee Countdown uh, show that you guys do on Saturday, it's, it's awesome. Ben, I'm glad that you're writing for VolQuest now. Thank uh, you. That's my major source of uh, recruiting news, so that's great to see. Thank you. Um, so that's, a, that's the first comment I have. Second comment, I typically listen to the show uh using the podcast because I can't listen to it at work, unfortunately. So I listen to it in my uh, drive to and from work. Uh, but the other day you guys were talking about the Georgia game coming up and how it is the um, homecoming game. And why on earth would we schedule Georgia for a homecoming game? Like you, I think you said, uh, Swain and and then I think you were agreeing like why don't we schedule a easier opponent twelve o'clock game afterwards you can kind of you know go out do your thing hang out with other alumni that sort of deal uh, my thought on it obviously the people that are here in the uh, association now probably did not schedule this however I think it was probably done because and correct me if I'm wrong. But don't the SEC ticket sales, uh, or, or don't those tickets cost a little bit more than, say, a Tennessee-South Alabama game ticket in terms of face value? So maybe they're trying to sell some more of those higher-dollar tickets to raise more money. Uh, maybe I'm wrong there. That's just my thought on that. Uh, that's probably why they scheduled for, uh, Georgia for this game. Um, just because they had been having trouble at the time under the Pruitt uh, coaching staff to sell tickets because obviously the product was not what we wanted to see on the field. Uh, as far as my question goes that I want to leave you guys with, I just tuned into the show this morning, heard you guys talking about sort of some matchups and whatnot for the Kentucky game coming up this weekend. I was hoping to hear your guys' thoughts and I'll take this question off air, um, on what you think Tennessee's best matchup is in terms of position group 
whether it's uh, receivers against DBs, whether it's uh, run defense against their running offense, uh, and if there is a particular one-on-one matchup within that position group that you're really going to be paying attention to this weekend. Uh, and I'll take that off air. Thanks again for all the hard work you guys put in. Oh, thank you, Russ. You know what, Russ? You might be onto something, man. You want to know the motivation for most things. It usually circles back to money. So um, that's a that's a that's a that's a very educated guess. If that was a guess, um, I bet I bet Russ might be even right on that one of why Georgia is the homecoming game. Uh, as far as a matchup that is in the favor of Tennessee. Um. And I was talking to Hubs about this after Tennessee Prime or before Tennessee Prime. Around that time. See how that rhyme right there, Ben? Prime time and the rhyme. Hey, man. I Listen, I need to be getting paid for this stuff. Anyways, so we were talking about how Kentucky plays defense. And they are being but don't break. They're not going to let you hit them over the top. They're going to make you dink and duck. And this is a game that's perfect for a guy like Vailus Jones. I mean, perfect. Wouldn't be surprised if he has seven, eight catches. And I think our slots versus their their coverage in the secondary, I think that's an advantage for us. Um, I don't know if I can say the same thing for Kentucky because Theo Jackson is dang good. And I got a lot of respect for Waddell Robinson. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. I think – He's going to make plays. I think Theo's going to make plays. We'll see who makes the biggest play for their team to win at the most opportune time. We'll see. But uh, I like I like our healthy running backs. I like our healthy running backs. Uh, obviously, we have the quarterback advantage. I think we have the receiver advantage. I think in the trenches, you have to look at those guys and give them the advantage in the trenches. Um, secondary wise, hmm, I give our secondary advantage against their wide receivers um, because outside of Waddell Robinson, no one else scares me. Even though Josh Ali has been there, seems like forever. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking off the top of my head. Ben, do you have any anything to add there? Uh, my matchup that I like in Tennessee's favor is a little broader than one position unit going up against uh, another position unit. It's it's not simply Tennessee's receivers versus Kentucky's defensive backs. For me, again, it's a little broader in the sense that it's Tennessee's passing attack incorporating Hendon Hooker and the receivers matching up against Kentucky secondary. I shared earlier this week that opponents are converting two-thirds of its passes against Kentucky and following the loss of its defensive backs coach to Michigan over the offseason, Kentucky secondary. It's not bad, but it's it's not good or or great either. It's just kind of middle of the road and and so-so, and it has been a, a source of frustration for Kentucky fans this season, and and that's also why you've seen a result of opponents completing two-thirds of its passes against them this year. So uh, when when you when you put Hendon Hooker in the mix, a guy who is third in the conference in completion percentage, trailing only Will Rogers and Bryce Young, uh, 
I, I think Indian Hooker is going to be able to pick this defense apart or pick the secondary apart. And I think the receivers are, are going to be able to, to get open. So that, that's the matchup that I like going in to this game is, is Tennessee's passing attack versus Kentucky secondary passing defense, however you want to, to look at it. Now, I do hope that Tennessee's offensive line holds up and gives Hendon Hooker time to, to complete passes. And, and I do lean towards them doing so because Kentucky has struggled to generate uh, a consistent pass rush this season. They're, they're somewhat banged up on the interior of the defensive line, Kentucky is. Uh, and, and Josh Paschal at defensive end is a beast. He'll, he'll play in the NFL. He's, he's really good. He, he's the leader of that defense. He's their best player on defense. He, he's somebody who, who Tennessee will definitely have to account for. Uh, but aside from Josh Paschal and coupled with the fact that Kentucky's been banged up along the defensive front, they've struggled to, to generate – uh, a pass rush consistently this season. So that does give me confidence that, that the offensive line will hold up and, and give Hendon time and, and these receivers time to take in it, to, to take advantage of, of a Kentucky secondary that has been very inconsistent this season. And I do also want to mention uh, Jordan Wright. They're, they're starting outside backer. Uh, he, he is another guy that can, can get after the quarterback. But it's really just two guys in, in that front seven that Tennessee needs to account for. And if, if they do, and Josh Heupel said it last night, this is a line of scrimmage game. So going back to Podunk Vall's question about what, what concerns me the most, well, one of the things is third down conversion, as we talked about last segment, and as Podunk Vall brought up and, and we addressed directly to go in an opposite direction of Podunk Vol. And Josh Heupel talked about this last night on Vol Calls. This is a line of scrimmage game. Whoever wins the line of scrimmage is going to win this football game, in my opinion. I thought that before Josh Heupel got on Vol Calls, uh, and then he echoed that sentiment on Vol Calls last night. Uh, and and he he thinks that after the game you can you can look at who won in the trenches and whoever wins in the trenches is is going to win this football game. So uh, I I think Tennessee can can handle them offensively. Can Tennessee defensively handle an offensive line that is the strength of its football team? Kentucky does a real good job with with its five up front paired with. The couple of tight ends they like to use that we talked about earlier in the week, it's really a, a seven-man blocking scheme that they use uh, when you include the tight ends, and they do a really good job of, of getting a hat on a hat and and really taking care of, of their blocks. So can Tennessee defensively get off those blocks and make plays? I lean towards yes, because the, the rushing statistics do not look good, but they do not look good because opposing quarterbacks have killed Tennessee with their legs when it's been just straight up designed traditional runs for the running back. I, I don't know the stats off the top of my head. Uh, I haven't looked, looked them up, but I, I would imagine that just designed traditional runs for the running back. Tennessee has fared really well against the run in that regard, and that is more so what Kentucky does rather than how Alabama uses Bryce Young or how Ole Miss uses Matt Corral or how Pittsburgh uses Kitty Pickett. Uh, so I, I, do, I do have confidence that, that Tennessee will, will have success against a, a, 
a, a really good Kentucky offensive line. The third down conversation about being a concern, it's not stronger for me. Uh, what is a concern is what happened against Alabama when Hendon Hooker and Javante Payton was not on the same page. You had Alabama that was not bringing the pressure. They were sitting back, and they were playing more coverage. And it was the miscommunication between us that led to that turnover. When Alabama was bringing some pressure and left some wide-open holes for Hendon Hooker to throw in, i.e. the Javante Payton uh, deep throw, uh, we saw the deep throw to um, Tillman on the sideline. Just not a lot of, a, a lot of congestion uh, when a receiver threw the football. Excuse me, when a receiver caught the football. But on Javante's route where there was an interception, there was a couple guys around because Alabama was in coverage. Kentucky is going to play coverage. And so are we going to continue with the read routes, with the reading on the run post-snap, or are we going to nix it so that way you just don't have the confusion? Or do you work? did you just work on it during the off week to fix it? I remember when we had conversions under Randy Sanders' offense. If we had a curl route and there's press coverage and you beat press coverage and you are on top, you can turn a curl into a go. Coach Cutcliffe came and said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Run the curl because if you run it correctly, you still should be open if you get that DB running. And it, it decreased the number of miscommunication plays where the ball is thrown deep and the receiver is breaking at the curl or vice versa. Does, did Josh Heupel do some of that during the off week? Say, hey, man, we're just not going to, we're just going to nix that. Or do you say, hey, let's just make sure we get on the same page? That worries me more than a third down conversion because I know what Kentucky's going to do. They're going to play coverage. They're going to bring some pressure, but they're going to play coverage because they saw that work against one of the most potent offenses in the league. And now Tennessee is back on top with tempo, um, leading the country in plays per minute. And Kentucky saw on film, oh, if you just sit back, you can have a play. But if you bring pressure and they pick it up because of Hendon's legs and because of the play design, sometimes getting the DBs to fall asleep with their eyes, they're going to hit you over the top. Look at the big plays against Alabama, the big plays against Florida, the big plays against South Carolina, big plays against Mizzou. It caught you with the numbers being in Tennessee's advantage in the throw game. But Alabama dropped people back, got the interception. So anticipate that. You're going to see it. That concerns me more than third down conversion um, because, again, you're going to be against quarterbacks that can run. Bryce Young had two touchdowns on the ground, 42 yards. You had uh, Jones, Emory Jones, that had 144 yards rushing. You had Matt Corral, who had 195 yards rushing. Cody Pickett, at the beginning of the season, didn't have as many yards as those guys. But remember that pass rush, how terrible it was at the beginning of the season and how better it got as the season progressed? So I'm not as concerned about the third down stuff, even though I know we're not great at it because of who we played and what happened previously. I just don't think Kentucky is good at it to exploit us to put up huge points. Their offense is, is just 
not that great. So, yeah, we might give up some third downs, but will it equate to six points every single time we do it? I doubt it. So, my biggest concern is Tennessee beating Tennessee. The mental mistakes. The, oh, my bad, man, I thought you was doing this, but we was, you know, we was doing this. Because Florida had a my bad on special teams and Kentucky uh, blocked the field goal in a low-scoring game. It was a difference in them winning or losing. This game could be super close. It's a rivalry game. You can't afford to have a Javante Payton, Hendon Hooker interception. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. So that actually worries me more than really anything else is like the self-inflicting mistakes by Tennessee, whether it's penalties or, oh, my bad, I thought you was going this way, throw, and it's picked off. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. The result is still the result. So let's go back to the phones. Uh, Thanks for the phone call, Russ, and thank you for uh, the love. I know Ben appreciates that. I appreciate it. Man, really appreciate you calling in and sharing that with us on your first phone call after being a longtime listener. All right, let's uh, get to the phones, 865-255-03, and we have Steve in Georgia up first. Steve, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ben. Good morning, uh, Swain. Uh, uh, ben, I enjoy your tweet, especially the one about uh, Heupel and, and recruiting. <laughs> what, what was he thinking? I know. So, I can't, uh, I can't was, believe he wanted to talk, talk recruiting last night on fall calls. Doesn't he know it's, it's in season? What about recruiting, <laughs> Ben? <laughs> yeah. That was great, Ben. That made me laugh this morning. Um, one thing, and, and Swain, I, I'm no expert. I, I mean, hell, I, I learn more about football from listening to you than anything else. But uh, here's just my observation, and I'd love to hear both of your opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ole Miss is a win um, if we contain the running quarterback. I think Alabama's yeah. a different game if we contain the running quarterback. I think that that has been our bugaboo is we cannot contain a running quarterback. Our, our, our strength, in my opinion, is our secondary. When a quarterback has to run, that means he can't throw it. And I think our secondary is doing an amazing job from what I can tell. Um, I, I'm not worried about our offense as much because I think that Heupel's proven that, you know, if you zig, he's going to zag. Um, but I really am concerned about the fact that every single time that they have stretched out – um, long drives, it's been because it's a third and 12 and the quarterback runs. And the next thing you know, it's first and 10. And again, like I said, I'm no expert, but I'd love to hear your opinion. And you guys have a great day. No, I mean, like I said, that's that's a legitimate um, point to note. I mean, I, I, I think Will Levis will have some runs. I mean, he is, he is a pretty good athlete. I think he will. But what hurt Tennessee against Ole Miss and, and Alabama was like those guys that just just didn't hit you with a this third and six and they're gonna slide for seven yards. Matt Corral was carving us up for 20, 30, 30 yard runs and had 195 on the day. Um, Emory Jones carved us up for 144 on the day. And you're playing against those two quarterbacks that you have somewhat respect that they can throw the ball to and run. Will Levis, I, can he beat you with his arm? He hasn't shown that yet. He hasn't shown that he can, he, he can beat you with his arm. No. Not yet. Not yet. So it's just, it's different when I look at him. Everyone is, is mentioning how Tennessee has, has gotten beat by running quarterbacks. But those running quarterbacks that beat us were actually good and, had, and, and, and at least had a threat of throwing the football. 
Will Levis hasn't done that yet. Listen, he may have his best game against Tennessee, but I can only go by what I've seen this season. What I've seen the season from him is someone that has been one-dimensional and inconsistent. So that's why my concern level is not as high when it comes to that stat as far as running quarterbacks because we've already been prepared with better quarterbacks that we played against. Man, I'm on ESPN. This thing is – the spread is even, Ben. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, a pick em. Ooh, ooh, Vegas said, how about them balls? You know what Vegas said? No. I'm going to write this down. I don't want to read your cuss words. All right, here we go. Vegas says, WGWTFA. Vegas said exactly what Daryl Taylor said. Had to write it down so I can see it. Anyways, let's go back to the phones. We've got Justin in Florida. Justin in Florida. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Uh, Swain, to your point before about you know the Alabama game and them getting pressure, uh, in your opinion, how much of that was sort of a beat-up and depleted O-line? Because it, it just felt like, our offense looked different. Our downfield throws looked the same, but, I mean, we couldn't get the running game going. We couldn't, you know, uh, pass protect for longer than probably about, you know, three, four seconds most of the time. And I just feel like this week with us getting healthy, it was absolutely the best thing possible. So, you know, if Kentucky kind of plays that uh, same type defense, that Alabama played, I think you might get a different result. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you get a different result because Alabama got freaking, you know, mutants over there, five-star freaks. And so their talent is different than, than Kentucky. They can do things that Kentucky w- will try to do, but it won't be the same because their athletes are different. A lot of that um, lack of running the football against Alabama, I don't think it was because of – Injuries is because they're just better. Now, I think part of it is injuries. You didn't have K. Mays. You didn't have, um, you know, a lot of guys out there that, 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 you know, you had more success with early in the season when guys were healthy. But I think a lot of it is, I mean, Alabama, they're, they're just talented. And deep, Kentucky is just not as talented. So I expect us to have success running the football because you have the element of Hendon Hooker. Like, if Hendon was just – a you know pocket quarterback, we may be having a different conversation, right? Because the offensive line is not mauling anybody; they're not they're not built like that. But because of the tempo, we can wear on defensive linemen, and I think um, we wore a little bit on Alabama, not to the point where we we can run the ball efficiently, but we wore on them to the point where we had, we had some more time to throw the ball down the football field, and I think we'll be able to do the same thing against against Kentucky. Um, hey, hey, Swain. Go ahead. Um, uh, it, it actually, uh, that reminds me of something else. But yeah. it, like even Hendon Hooker, when he ran against Alabama, like I didn't think he looked the same. I he thought didn't. it took him. Yeah, and again, goes back to the injury. So I'm hoping us being healthy. You know, uh, he decides to take off and run. I think you're going to see a little bit different Hendon Hooker. Um, yep. But yeah, so I. I 
like I said, I, I, I'd be encouraged if Kentucky tried to come out and play it like Alabama did because yep. I think the results are going to be totally different. I'm going to hang up, guys. You guys take care. Hey, thank you. I just – the thing I'm worried about when I mention, you know, the, 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 the lack of communication, I think that is something that Kentucky can do and create the same result. I do. I do. The only, I think the difference is – Alabama's pass rush and their athletes are better, but when they're dropping, when they're dropping seven and they're dropping eight, and they want to keep this umbrella coverage where they want to keep everything in front of you, and the stronger on the outside, like you know, look at the umbrella, right? The umbrella is is curved. Well, think about the Kentucky defense and the the shape of an umbrella, and so where. Where's the opening in the umbrella? Well, it's right. It's in the middle. That's why you hold the umbrella the way you hold it. Well, think about that umbrella and the offensive formation that we'll be in. Where will the, the soft spots be? Well, that'll be in the slots. That'll be in the middle. Ducky doesn't want you hitting stuff on the outside. They don't want you hitting stuff deep in the middle. But... Slot, intermediate, middle of the field, football field, intermediate. There's some holes there. It takes timing. It takes crisp route running. It takes patience to beat a team like Kentucky because that's what Mississippi State did. Will Rogers didn't have 800 yards passing. They did have a lot of yards, but he had a lot of short throws too. And he was very efficient. They were very patient. And that's what Hinda Hooker and this Tennessee offensive uh, unit have to do. And the only concern that I have about us on offense is beating ourselves because we are throwing the ball to Kentucky with misreads. It's one thing when the quarterback is the only person to have a read on their passing play. But when the quarterback and the receiver have a read, you're opening up for more mistakes that can be that can be made. So did you fix them or did you just eliminate the receiver reads during, during the offseason, during the bye week because of what happened against Alabama? That's a question I have I don't have an answer to. Maybe we'll know on Saturday. Swain event, fuel, fueled by Dead Hand Barbecue. Be right back. At work, can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys in the text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. Top 100 barbecue restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, 
Our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Yo. It's Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making, content-creating video superstars. Show your mad skills. And create a video of why it's so important to keep Tennessee litter-free. It's the TSSAA No Trash November Student Video Contest. Sponsored by Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Go to nobodytrashestennessee.com slash TSSAA for details. High school and middle school students can submit their video and receive scholarships and prizes provided by TSSAA. Word, peace out. Is that still a thing? Am I being too cool for the school kids? Just asking. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Rules remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Swing event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. It's time for Attaboy, where we highlight positivity, we highlight good stories, we highlight people doing good things and just being a good person. Just be a good person. It's really that simple. Basically, just be like Ben McKee. That's all you got to do. If you be like Ben McKee, you are set. You are set, Ben. Uh, any Attaboys that you would love to highlight today? Absolutely. Real quick before we get to Big Orange Mac on the Irish Network's hotline, want to give Pecorine an attaboy because the Nashville Predators are going to retire his number 35 on February 24th, 2022 at Bridgestone Arena. Uh, Nashville Pred- Predators president and CEO Sean Henry and 
General Manager David Poyle announced this yesterday that Pecorino's number 35 will be retired on February 24th ahead of that night's game against the Dallas Stars. Rene, who played his entire 683-game NHL career in Nashville, will become the first player in the history of the Predators organization to have his jersey retired. So, huge, huge attaboy to Pecorine. We all know what he means to the Predators and to hockey in the state of Tennessee, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about his his career statistics back earlier this year when he announced that he is retiring, uh, but he is the franchise's leader in nearly every goaltending category, including games played, wins, goals against average, total time on ice, shutouts, and saves. He's also 19th in shutouts uh, in NHL history and tied for 19th in NHL history in victories. Uh, In addition to his Predators records, the... Kempele, Finland native, also owns the most games played, wins, and shutouts by a Finnish-born goaltender in league history. So huge, huge, huge attaboy uh, to the Predators for doing this so quickly. There there didn't need to be a ton of thought put into this. And uh, to Pecorine, once again, on a remarkable career. Now, on a separate note... That's great. On a separate note, let, let me go ahead and turn the attaboy music off real quick. I got I to gotta make this point. Swain, you know me. You cut into my Big Orange Mac time. Well, Big Orange Mac can wait 30 seconds. I love Big Orange Mac, too, as, as much as I love my Grizzlies. But I got to point out, sure was funny watching all those Nashvillians, Middle Tennesseans, clutching their pearls yesterday as Pecorino's number was retired. Yet they sure did feel differently when Memphis announced that Tony Allen and Zach Randolphs and, and Marcus Souls and, and Mike Conley's jerseys were being retired. The Grizzlies were mocked. They were laughed at. And I, I get it. The, the, those four with the Grizzlies did not win a championship. But what, did, what, what championship did Pecorine win? Conference championship. Yes, that 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 is true. But I'm talking about world championship. No, I mean, ain't not not a world championship. And, and look, I'm I'm saying that Pekka deserves to have his jersey retired, and and I do think Pekka's resume is better. I hope folks are listening. I know it can be hard sometimes. I know Pekka's resume <laughs> is better than the four with the Grizzlies, but not by much. The only difference is that he he made it to the finals. Those Grizzlies players made it to the conference finals. They were unable to get over the hump. I mean, it is a difference. So it, it, it is a difference. Saying, and, and it is a difference. It is. I just said that Pecker's resume is better, which means I'm acknowledging the difference. So what you saying? That it's not a, a big enough difference oh, to where okay. Nashvillians should be clutching their pearls when it comes time to, to be all right with Pecker's jersey being retired, but openly mocking the Grizzlies for retiring the the jersey of players who meant just as much to the Grizzlies franchise and to the city of Memphis as Pekka did to the Preds franchise and the fair. city of Nashville. That's fair. I had to get that off my chest. Are you, fin- are you done or are you finished? I'm done. Big Orange Mac, good morning. I'm sorry. Big Orange Mac, good morning, sir. We are the champions. We are the champions. 
good. Morning, that was good. Morning. That boy can sing. Good morning. That boy, can, that boy can sing. Good morning, job. King. Good job. Good job, man. Can't sound like Carl uh, Lewis, but it's all good. No, I can't carry a tune in the bucket, y'all, y'all. <laughs> 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 oh, man, it feels good to wake up feeling like a champion for the second straight morning in a row. Well, you man, are. it feels good. You are a champion. Man, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I, I got a little worried, you know, when it went, when it went to game six, I was like, Whew, man, I, I just didn't. I just didn't believe in Max Freed, and he went out there and showed out. Had a Tom Glavin esque performance on the mound. Uh, Him getting out of that first inning was key. If yeah, if, if he doesn't get out of that jam, then I, I think that he he has a similar performance to his prior two outings and, and the Braves probably don't win so I, I was happy to see him get out of the first especially after it looked like he broke his ankle that, that was pretty remarkable for him to get out of that jam after the incident at first base free wings yes. for freed at Magic City hey forever <laughs> ever, ever. forever yes free dances for Solaire I said wings, man. Wings. <laughs> wings, man. Wings. Wings, it's all the same there. Hey, wings man. and ain't, everything. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with some thighs. Ain't nothing wrong with some thighs. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with some thighs. I want to touch on something real quick. Uh, listen. We've all made mistakes before. Nobody's perfect. But uh, Kadarius Tony's tweet about Ooh. Henry Ruggs. Ooh, I haven't seen it. Delete oh. that. Delete it. It's brutal. Delete. Delete. He turned off his replies. It's brutal. If you have to turn off your replies, that means your tweet is terrible. It must. It might be one of the ignorant, one of the most ignorant things I've seen. Ignorant like, is how your mama and them used that. to call you. <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> ignorant, boy. Just ignorant. It was the most ignorant tweet I've seen in a very long time, man. He should he should have disabled his Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He should have like deleted his whole account. He embarrassed everybody. The one about we young, everybody makes mistakes. Yep. Go ahead and read it. Yeah. Y'all looking at the situation like this or that, because it ain't y'all. I don't I don't understand what he is saying. Having so much to say. He know he messed up. Don't drag him for it. He's That's talking about Henry to Ru- me. He's I, talking about Henry Ruggs. I know. Just pray for the families involved, bro. He, he's 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 getting dragged. Justifiably so. He yes. should be getting dragged. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so you got stupid. you got behind the wheel, and you killed someone driving 156 miles per hour. You took someone's life. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's. Yeah. 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 People. People are gonna drag you. Yep. Right. Rightfully, rightfully so. so. Exactly. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somewhere, I mean, Tony. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Uh, he, he's a Florida Gator, isn't that right, Big Orange Mac? No help for no help for them folks. And look, speaking of Florida Gators, uh, Eric, I don't need you calling in. Wish that's a death nail. Anything positive of Florida, a lot less got to say about my Big Orange is a death nail. I need you to be quiet, sit down somewhere, stuff your face with some dead in, and stop talking about the Big Orange. I don't need you <laughs> to say anything else. <laughs> I, I don't know, sir. Hush. Oh. Hush. Oh. Hush. Hush. All that's doing is just setting up 
Uh uh-uh. uh. It's rat poison. Sir. It's rat poison. It is absolute rat poison. You think he? Uh, he think he's slick too. Trying to come in, tomorrow. man. You know, oh, yeah. you right, Swain. That dead end, man. You, hey, you uh-huh. was good. Yeah. You he was good. For shoes with my. Got trying to get real comfortable, didn't he? And then tried to yeah. throw out that rat poison. Mm-mm, we ain't eating it, Eric. Get get on somewhere. Get on. Get on. Get on. <laughs> It ain't no. I ain't listening to that rat poison, no sir. We gonna go up there in TCB. I, I like I said before, it's, Kentucky ain't no punk. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't your grandpa's Kentucky. No, it's okay? not. It's not. And so it, it's gonna be a tough road around these country folks around here. We got an old saying. It's gonna be a tough road to hold. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eric, I don't want to hear that. Don't don't. Uh uh-uh, uh. No sir. Be concerned with old uh, Captain Moose Knuckle down there, and <laughs> and make sure. See what he got going on down there. Don't be worrying about us. Stay out of our business. Gentlemen, y'all have a great day and go big on. <laughs> you got to be over here fumbling the phone. Fumbug! Fumbug! Fumbling just like Dan Mullen talking about recruiting. Up, 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 up. <laughs> back say, mm-mm. Stay, nah, I'm, I'm with you, big Stay in your lane. I will say with, with Henry Ruggs, I... I I do feel sadness for for Henry, and not not prioritizing him over the young lady or even the dog. But I mean, his, his life is is ruined, and 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 there is sadness in that. It's it's just a, a tragedy, all all the way around. A, every angle you look at it, a, a young woman's life was carelessly taken away, and it could have been prevented. There there are so many avenues that you can use to avoid drinking and driving whether it be an uber a taxi a lyft i'm sure some i almost said never mind some female will come get you henry ruggs and pick you up mm-hmm. a friend somebody with the raiders would, would there's so many avenues for you to avoid what what happened so a, a young lady's life was was taken away and it didn't have to. And not only are you drinking and driving, but you're going 156 miles an hour, and and your blood alcohol level is twice the legal limit. And she has to burn in her car uh, along with a, an animal. And well, it's, it's and, and his sad. life is it's just sad and, and tragic all, all the way around. I, I do sympathize for him because his life is ruined. Um it's it's just an awful awful situation. Yeah, he has to live with that guilt for the rest of his life. And I hate I truly hate that. And it's going and it's going to eat him up. Man. I couldn't imagine. It's going to eat him up. So, you know, I think it'll be easy for people to sit here and go good. I hope, you know, I hope he eats him alive and, you know, decides to jump off a bridge, but like that's not that's not that ain't it. That's not how you were taught to think and to feel if you say you believe in what you say you believe on your profile. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, it, I, you were 1000. Yeah. Like if you, if, if you, if you, if you're not, if you're not about that life and that's not, that's not what you do and you're not, you know, you're not a believer. That's cool. All right. All right. Whatever. But if like, if you claim to be who you say you, you are, then that's not how you, are supposed to be. I mean, it says that in the book. Maybe it's mis- mis- I'm misinterpreting what it says, but I'm just saying. 
we are very upset, very devastated. Um, but at the same time, there are instructions from the man above about how we're supposed to um, treat one another and times like this. So it's terrible, man. It, it, it's terrible. It, it, um, it made me just, just stop my tracks and shoot up a prayer and my, I mean, my, my stomach was all in knots. Um, how like something like that can happen. Anyways, uh, let me get to the phone, man. Cause I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting sad, man. And it's a sad thing. Um, it should be ignored, but my goodness, man. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go to the phones, and who we got next? We've got Dave Tona and then Big Shot Rob. Dave Tona, good morning. Good morning. Hey, who was that Big Orange Mac that was talking about, Eric? Big Orange Mac, Daddy. Well, listen, I'm going to say this here, okay? Because this show's pretty doggone funny when other people's talking about other people and Dave Tona's name's not in it. So, Eric, keep talking. So other people, so you keep the attention off of me. <laughs> good, good strategy there, Daytona. I like it. <laughs> See that? Because I even got a compliment last week. Daytona turned in a new leaf. That's right. That's right. I'm happy for you, Daytona. Happy for you, man. <laughs> and then Ben tried to tear me down the next day, but that's okay. That's for another day. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking so, about. I know you don't. So, uh, who was the Alabama receiver that just walked away from the game? Calvin Ridley? Yes. Calvin Ridley stepped away from football to to address mental uh, his his mentals. Okay, so so that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I when when they first said it they didn't say what the what the reasoning was, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But uh boy Alabama, uh I don't know. Uh I, I feel horrible for that family, and I was going to ask you all if they've come out with this blood alcohol, but then you just mentioned it was twice the limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to get off. I'm going to get off of that subject. I just pray. I, I pray for that family and yeah. a, a life taken senselessly. Uh, you know, Swain, and you hit the nail on the head. There's so many other options, and and uh, that that's enough about that. I don't want to bring the bring the show down, but. Uh, so I got a question. I got two questions. D. Beckwith, I think a couple weeks ago, Heifel said that it was his best week of practice, and he did he did because I didn't get to see the Alabama game. Did he get in at all? Uh, not on offense. If he got in, it had to be on special team. I didn't see a twenty-one. Uh, you know, he, he got in on special teams. He did. Okay, I think he was on kickoff. Because I, I remember okay. making a mental note of it. If you oh, there's D, D back with yeah, if you go down there, if you're part of the seventy man traveling roster, then I would hope that you play. If you're not playing on offense or defense, I hope you're playing special teams. So, okay. So my point, my question at this, <laughs> wow, that hash brown had a lot of salt. Uh, at this point of the season, on offense and defense, who's your biggest surprise? On defense, mine is most definitely Jeremy Banks. He is balling, balling, balling. And I guess on offense, as slow as uh, Valus started off, I would either have to say him or Hendon. Uh, my biggest surprise on offense is Cedric Tillman. That that was the first name that that popped into my head. I, I thought that uh, Tillman would would be pretty solid. I didn't think he would be really good. 
Yeah, I didn't think he would be ten, the team's best receiver. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean, expect that at all. And, and I, I and I told him that I was like, dude, like this is a total compliment. It's a it's a it's a reflection of how hard that you have worked and your mentality. So this is a compliment, but you really not supposed to be the best receiver. You're not supposed to be. What did he say? But you are. He understood. He you know he thanked me. He he got where I was coming from. Um, but he said that you know he has a chip on his shoulder. But when you look at you know a guy like Jalen Hyatt, that people thought that it was going to have this you know, breakout year, and then you look at Valus Jones, man, during the spring, there was there was a question if if, if Tillman would start, and that was a legitimate question at the time, because other guys looked looked the better. But this is why they make the summer, and Cedric Tillman utilized the summer probably better than anybody, and that's why he is in the position that he he's in. So I think offensively, for me, Cedric Tillman. Defensively, I didn't think Theo would be Rashawn Galden type. I mean, Rashawn Galden, you know, played himself into a third round pick out of nowhere. So these are two guys who are performing that I'm gonna say are the you know biggest surprises for me. Not because they're playing well, but the level of play that we have seen from them consistently is what's surprising. That's all I'm saying. It is kind of hard not to go Hendon, though. Playing the, the position that he plays, and I mean, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. That's a good one, too. I mean, how, but, how can you? But Tillman was a player that was about to be a walk-on at, at, at USC that came here without a visit. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you that you can pick Hendon, but – the first person that came to mind was Cedric Tillman. Yeah, I'm that, that was mine too. First yeah. one that came to my mind when Dave Toner asked first uh, instantly, Cedric yeah. Tillman. Yeah, just, I, I would, yeah. I'd say Tillman and Hooker kind of one A, one one B yeah. for me. And defensively, I agree with Dave Toner. I'd, I'd say Jeremy Banks. Banks. I mean, I I knew he had a chance to to play like he is, but I didn't see him having a, a team high four and a half sacks through eight games and nine tackles for loss. On the season, which I think is fourth most in the SEC, I, I didn't see that type of production coming. I thought it, it was he was capable of doing so, but I, I I never knew if it would come to fruition. So I think he's been the the biggest surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think we can go across the board and look at multiple guys at, on both sides of the football. Oh uh, well, no, I take that. Theo Jackson is by far the biggest surprise. I <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm thinking of. I've I've said this before. I. I Completely wrote off Theo Jackson after last season. I, I was not a Theo Jackson fan. I, I, I thought he constantly got beat. Let me make a note of this. Make a note of this. Your Kentucky take this week had you coming to the to the Swain side. Theo Jackson was that was a real quick. I haven't said that. That was a re- he's going to beat Kentucky by fifty. <laughs> that's a, that's a tone. <laughs> I you ain't have. say that either. I ain't say that either now. No, but the way you described it yesterday, sound like you think Tennessee going to beat Kentucky by 51. No, the way I described it is that I, I am now I, – I was going to pick Tennessee to win even at the beginning of the week. I just was not as confident as, as everybody else. I'm, I'm still not as confident as, as everybody else. It, the, the messages I see on, on Twitter and the tweets and the text box and mm-hmm. the message board – I mean, it's as if Kentucky might as well not even show up. I mean, it's it's as if Tennessee's playing South Alabama this weekend. That that's that's the vibe that is being laid down, and I am not with that at all. I I've come around on Kentucky 
being overrated for a 6-2 and two football team. Like, you, you look at their schedule and, and how they've beaten teams, it doesn't reflect what you would think of a 6-2 and two football team. But, yes, Theo Jackson is my biggest surprise on defense because I, I had written him off. I, I, I did not think he was good, and he has been Tennessee's best defensive player this season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to the phones. Irish Network's hotline, irishnetworksusa.com, 90 days, no payment for business internet. Who do we have? Big Shot Rob. Big Shot Rob, you told me already. Big Shot Rob, good morning. Good morning, Swain. What's going on, man? What up, what up, what up? Glad you could wake up and join us no. this morning. Okay, first of all, Sounds I'm up every morning at 430. So why don't you ever call in? Okay. Sounds sleepy. Because during the time you have the show, I'm doing PT most days. But today, I'm not doing PT, Mr. Ben, and you know this. <laughs> Big but, Shot, did you wash your face this fact, morning? Did you wash your face yet? Did you brush your teeth? Every, every morning, every day. I got to. I ain't got no choice, you know. We, so we, we have a meeting every morning at, at 6 o'clock. We have a meeting, you know, everybody talking about what we're going to do for the day and whatnot. And I'm talking nine times out of ten, so I ain't got no choice but to wash my face and brush my teeth. Gotta, yeah, so that way I'm presentable in the morning. That's right. You know that's what right, saying? my but friend. I'm going to tell you why I ain't doing PT this morning. Why is that? So after we, we in formation, you know, we salute the flag and all that. And that goes, all right, this morning for PT. We going swimming. I said, we doing who? What? 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 We going swimming. What degrees is it out there? First of all, it, it is literally 30 degrees out here in Colorado. 30 degrees. And they talking about getting freezing. in formation, marching to the gym, and going swimming. I said, yeah, y'all got it. I'm out of here. I was like, uh, yeah, I got to go. So, <laughs> yeah, I left. Yeah, Good decision. First of all. Black people don't swim anyway. So well, I, was I don't about know to say, what they were thinking. Nah, that's false. <laughs> nah, I, I, I was about to say, Big Shot Rob, you're not you're not contributing that's to, false. The, to the stereotype. I'm black Michael Phelps. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I swim. Hey, just because you just because you can don't mean you do. I, no, I swim. Nah, I've never seen I don't you do, swim. Not 30-degree weather. I don't do 30-degree uh, weather swimming, but, but I swim. That's... When I go, I, I don't be just dipping my head in the pool. And I've just never seen you hang. swim. We've never been to the pool, man. We never been to the pool. That's don't nobody want to. Don't nobody go to the pool with Ben anyway, the, man. The, ben, there's a re, I know who who would want to take their shirt off next to me. I mean, I, I don't I don't blame people for wanting to go to the to the pool with me. Yeah, you you, you gonna put everybody on notice, right? 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 But we you're got, not helping we, we the, the stereotype of, of black people not being able to swim. Big shot. I didn't say we could have swam. I said we don't swim. <laughs> and that might you might have a point there. Now that that does. Feel but good. I like to swim. The water too cold. Until they start heating up the pools, we ain't doing all that. <laughs> See, I, I can you know, I can, I can handle cold weather, big shot. Now, I ain't gonna swim in thirty degree weather. I can weather. handle cold weather, but I can't handle cold water. Mm-mm, not that ain't for me. No, that yeah, ain't for me. I understand, I understand, my, I understand that, my friend. Now here in Colorado, this weather is different, and it's been a start snowing. Next time C Mac call in, ask him. He, he'll relate to it perfectly. It's probably colder in Denver than it is where I'm at. He's C-Mac like an hour from me, but it is freezing. C Mac sleep, man. He ain't sleep. He up. That dude be up, man. He up. Most grown ups are. He just ain't called time. in yet. Yeah, but but I'm gonna get out of here, man. I just wanted to holler at you guys for a little bit, man. Appreciate the show, love the show, man. Balls by twenty. I'll holler at y'all. Thank you, man. Thanks for the phone call. We can slip in the phone call before break. Can we be in? Yeah, let's get to uh Nathan. Nathan, good morning. Hey good morning, fellas. How you doing? What's up, what's up? So uh a couple things. You know, I look back and looked at uh, how we struggled with a running quarterback. That seems to have been a struggle for us over the last 
I don't know, seems like about as long as I can remember. But you know, the more I thought about it, it's very frustrating. But unless you're one of those teams that have a really elite defensive line with a lot of depth, you know, doesn't everybody struggle with a running quarterback? Yep. And we just had we just haven't had the the guys to really stop somebody that's a really good borderline elite athlete when they put that kind of pressure on us with the third runner is is kind of right. I mean, it don't it don't matter if you have the best defense in America. You know, if you have running quarterback, man, that 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 can still create problems. Now, if that running quarterback can throw it, that's the that's the that's the key. He has to be able to instill some fear in the defense. And I think of quarterbacks that can do both. I think about the the Sean Watsons. I think about the Tua's and the and the Bryce Youngs and the Matt Corrals. I mean, those guys can do both because. They're going to have running lanes because there's a threat for them to throw it. The guys that can't throw it, they're not as efficient running the football because the defense is like, hey, man, we're going to play to your weakness. We're going to force you to throw it. We're going to load the box and force you to throw it. Um, It ain't just Tennessee, man. It's hard to defend everybody. Why has Alabama lost? How did Alabama lose uh, when they have? It's to running quarterbacks. Hour three coming up.